I can't wrap my head. I'm sorry. I can't wrap my head around tertiary scoring with this team. I want to. I really do. But it's a it's a tough internal sell, okay? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I genuinely hope you'll check out. The Penguins beat the Blues Saturday night 6-2, to two, handled them, really. And not just because Jordan Bennington again exposed himself not only as a one-year flash wonder, but also as a temperamental whiny word I'm not going to say on this show. But he is that. And yet, the home team did more than what was necessary to beat him and a team that over the course of a season is probably going to right itself and regain some contending possibly stature within the West. The Blues, as it is, are under 500, and not really much of anything went well for them because Kasperi Kapanen had a hat trick and because Brian Rust woke up from another one of his slumps, maybe for good, maybe not. It's hard to tell with him. But one way or another, there were all kinds of goals coming from people who hadn't been producing them. I'm saying nothing of Kapanen's goal in the previous game against the Golden Knights, who are flying high already in the West. It was a pretty nice couple of days for the team. Really was, particularly in light of following the scary news regarding Chris Letang. So good for them. Good for all concerned. They've buckled up somewhat defensively. They're not perfect. They've gotten pretty good. Pretty good. Doing my best Larry David here. Pretty, pretty good goaltending from Tristan Jari. It's not been through the roof, but it's it, it's been it's been better than what it had been. But what might be most encouraging out of all of this is that there's at least a trace, though again, I'm not all in yet, that you could have scoring that goes beyond the top two lines. And that's a really, really big deal within the Mike Sullivan system and the Mike Sullivan dream. So on that count alone, hearing Kasperi Kapanen sound like this is a welcome development. Well, that might have been the easiest easiest hat-trick in uh, in history of just going by post and kind of tapping them in. So um, all the credit goes to, you know, Rusty and and P.O. and and Gino for passing those things. And similarly, hearing Brian Rust sound like this, this is equally welcome. Feels good. I think over the last handful of games, I can kind of feel it coming. Um, And it definitely felt good. I think our line as a whole, we kind of felt it coming and it felt good having that like that Now, what does that mean as far as the third and fourth lines contributing on a consistent basis? That remains to be seen. But boy, do things work if that happens. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. 
for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. I once wrote a column in which I suggested that Sullivan lives eternally for the HBK line to come back. Okay. And I didn't mean it literally. No one's expecting Nick Benino, Phil Kessel, and Carl Hagelin to come back and reunite and everything. But more in the sense that everything that Sullivan wants to do, including, by the way, his matchups, which are more a part of his game than most people realize, founded on having one of his third or fourth lines be a consistent and real scoring threat. Not streaky, slumpy, not uh, one guy pitches in and the rest don't. Not like here, Teddy can score some goals, but no one else with him can, that sort of thing. I'm talking about a real live threat because that was a big part of what drove the 2016 Penguins to a Stanley Cup championship, and it sure didn't hurt in 2017 either. Why is that? Because Sullivan and his staff believe, and they're not alone in this, that if you can attack the other team's third defense pairing and you can do so full throttled, you're going to beat that team, especially in a best of seven series. One thing that I remembered hearing in San Jose early on in that series was that the Penguins, while they respected those Sharks, They knew who they were. They knew what they could do, especially with everything they had up front, and especially really with the way Martin Jones was playing behind everybody. But they also knew there was a third pairing that that team had that was going to be absolutely no match for HBK. And as a result, the Penguins were going to get that tertiary scoring, and they were going to draw penalties, and they were going to have zone time. Everything was going to Everything was going to benefit from just that one factor. And sure enough, that third pairing that the Sharks had got run right out of the building. They were a couple of big dudes who couldn't really skate, and they were going to have some hits, and they were going to have some physical moments and whatever else, but they weren't going to be able to keep up. That's why Sullivan and, in turn, his staff feel as strongly as they do. That's also why I now not I from 2016, have felt as strongly as I have when criticizing the Jeff Carter line. In particular, Carter. I haven't liked what I've seen from any of them. Even Brock McGinn. There's just something about McGinn that just bugs me. Maybe it's because you know he's going to disappear in the second half of the regular season. But there hasn't been anything there. And when you start seeing Kapanen score and Rust score, and there's more of a trickle-down effect, when you bring Danton Heinen back, he's going to go through some kind of streak where you're going to be all convinced that he's back again, and then he's going to disappear for 12, 15 games. That's just who he is. But if you can have more guys who are a threat, and you can eventually come up with a third line, and I can't say this often enough, I want Jeff Carter moved out of center, except for when he takes draws, then you've really got something happening in Pittsburgh. But I'm not there yet. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Ken Boricus who says, 
I've been watching hockey, DK, since the days of Mario Lemieux coming into the NHL. That was my first experience of how much fun hockey can be. So I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what I'm talking about when I ask, can you basically tell if the Penguins are going to win or lose within the first five to ten minutes of a hockey game? Ken, I just have to say, I love this observation so much. Because there's this thing that I do, but it's not with the team. It's never with the team to begin by answering your actual question. It's always with a couple of individuals. I can tell where they are and where they're going to be over the full 60 plus minutes. This began a long time ago with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, I'm not sure how or why it began, but I started reaching the point that about five minutes, and that was my line of demarcation, five minutes into whatever Flower was doing, wherever Flower and the Penguins were, I'd say, okay, he's in or he's all in. And if he's all in, they're not scoring on him at all tonight. And it was amazing, amazing how often that initial feel ended up paying off. The other two players that I did it with on a consistent basis, this is no coincidence, were also goaltenders, Matt Murray and then now Tristan Jari. The only ones that I did it with on a regular basis. I'd occasionally pick out somebody else, but these are the ones that I would look at most often. With Murray, I'd look for the active glove hand. Sorry to perpetuate the stereotype, but if he had his arm raised in a default mode, he was going to be sharp and he was going to overcome the one thing that does tend to afflict him still. With Jari, I'm looking for him to be out of the crease and aggressive. I'm also looking for him to find something, something even a little bit small that maybe ticks him off. I'm not sure what it is about him because he is the most peaceful dude off the ice. But when you get him out there and he's a little bit animated, I'm not talking about like all wacko level like Bennington. Just go out there and be competitive. It sharpens him. He's talked about this. He has no issue with it. He'll actually tick off somebody else to try to make sure that they tick him off. But for the team, man, you got me on that one. Because this team, and that's what we're talking about here, this team goes through Some of the worst periods you'll ever see, usually the second for reasons that no one can identify, and yet will almost invariably bounce back in the third. Notice this, home or road, home or road. So you can watch them sometimes go out for the first period, which is what you're talking about, and they'll look kind of decent and you'll think, man, they're about to avoid that second period slump and they'll come out and just look awful. So I I don't have that answer. I suspect, Ken, that part of this is because of what I was talking about in the opening segment, which is that you still don't have that sense for all four lines and what they're going to bring you or what they should be bringing you or their roles, what they're best at. And until you have that, you're not going to have that sense of a consistent rhythm that you want with your hockey team, certainly with your contending hockey team. 
You don't want to guess at, well, we think this line's going to be good this period, and we think this one might contribute something. It's so much better when you just know what you're going to get out of a group, and they go out and deliver it. Not necessarily score every shift. I'm not being weird here. But just as long as you know what it is that they are and what they bring, it's such a good feeling for the players. It might even be a better feeling for the coaches since they're the ones that are rolling those lines and just have confidence in everybody. I appreciate the question. It was a good one. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.